The Anglo-Saxons traced their lineage from Noah through Japheth. <clears throat> now, they refer to Japheth as Seskef, S-E-S-K-E-F, down to Odin, as the Danish and Norwegians do. Odin was the 20th generation from Noah. The Anglo-Saxons have their own chronicle called the Anglo-Saxon Chronicle. There are several copies, but the oldest dates back to AD 547. Today, the most complete and commonly read Anglo-Saxon Chronicle is called the Parker Chronicle. Historian Ninius gives us the same basic lineage, but differs in several points of detail. It should be noted that this proves they are not copies of each other, but independent histories with variant spellings of the same names of people. The Parker Chronicle represents or presents the genealogies of the six royal houses of Kent, East Anglia, Lindsay, Mercia, Northumbria and Wessex. The manuscript begins with the same list as the Danish and Norwegian king lists, tracing lineages from Noah to Odin. It continues from Odin's children in the 21st century or generation. Remember that Odin is the 20th generation from Japheth down to the formation of the royal houses. And the 20 generations are Noe, so inclusive of Noah is the 20 generations, N-O-E, Skaef, or Japheth, S-C-E-A-F, Bedwig, Hawala, H. W-A-L-A, forgive my pronunciation, I'm not Scandinavian. Hratra, uh, H-R-A-T-H-R-A. Itermon, I-T-E-R-M-O-N. Heremod, H-E-R-E-M-O-D. Skeldwe, S-C-E-A-L-D-W-E-A. Bois, B-E-A-W. Teatwa, T-A-E-T-W-A, Gata or Geta, G-E-A-T-A, Godwolf, G-O-D-W-U-L-F, Finn, Frithuwulf, F-R-I-T-H-U-W-U-L-F, Freywine, F-E-F-R-E-A-W-I-N-E, Freylaf, F. R-E-A-L-A-F, Frituwald, F-R-I-T-H-U-W-A-L-D, and Woden, W-O-D-E-N, Woden being like Odin. And then we go into the 21st generation, all the way down to the 42nd generation, which would be Alfred the Great of Wessex, Aldfert of Lindsay, Etherbert of Kent, 
Offa of Mercia, Northumbria would be Elfric, E-L-F-R-I-C, and Erpwald would be East Anglia, E-A-R-P-W-A-L-D. Now, I've left out uh, the names of the generations from the 21st generation to the 42nd generation. Alfred the Great founded the House of Wessex, Aldfert founded the House of Lindsay, and Ertherbert founded the House of Kent. Offa founded the House of Mercia, Elfric founded the House of Northumbria, and Erpwald founded the House of East Anglia. These six houses formed the royalty of the Anglo-Saxons. Notice the twelfth generation is Geta, or G-E-A-T, G-E-A-T-A. In the epic legend of Beowulf, Beowulf is a descendant of Geta and helped the king of Denmark. Whether the legend of Beowulf has a basis in historical fact or not, the lineages of Beowulf as well as the Danish kings are accurate. In time, the rulers of the Anglo-Saxons replaced the ruling Britons. The name of the island was changed from Britain to Angleland, meaning the land of the Angles or Anglo-Saxons. Today, the island is called England, or as is commonly known politically, the United Kingdom which isn't very united in any way at all. Now, that pretty much is the origin of the Anglo-Saxons, and they are descendant from Japhet. Now, Japhet's sons are the Gomers, who are the French and the Germans, the Ashkenese, the Reginians, the Rifat, the Bartonim, the Riffians, the Paphlagogians, Togerma, the Phygrians and Armenians, Magog, the Magoim and the Scythians, Madai, the Medes, Javan, the Greeks, the Ionians and the Macedonians, Elisha, the Aeolians and the Lombardi, Tarshish, which would be Cilicia and Britain, Kittim, is the Romans, and Doda Nim, D-O-D-A-N-I-M, Dodanim, are the Trojans. Tubal, which would be Iberes, Tuscany, Italy, Sabana, which is East Italy, Meshech, which is the Shebashni, and the Cappadocians, and the Mongolians, Tiras, which would be Rushash, the Trakians, the Kushni, the Ongolis, and Mongolia. So within the table of nations, using the books of Genesis, the book of Jasher, and the book of Josephus, you can compile uh, a table of nations. And the Anglo-Saxons would be in the context of descendant from Japhet. Now, Japhet is very much all of Europe, from Spain to Scandinavia, including Russia, which with Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan, uh, 
Kair, uh, Gistan, and 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 Tad Gis, Kazikistan. Excuse my pronunciation of these countries, Mongolia, and the top half of the Caspian Sea, along with Georgia, Armenia, and Turkey. So Josephus, in his uh, Ant Anthology One Six One. Japheth, the son of Noah, had seven sons. They inhabited so that, beginning at the mountains of Taurus and Amanus, they proceeded along Asia, as far as the river Tanis, and along Europe to Cadiz, Cadiz being the oldest city in Europe at the end of uh, the uh, southwest of Spain, C-A-D-I-Z, and settling themselves on the lands which they light upon, which none had inhabited before, and they called the nations by their own names. Now, Jubilees 9.24.30, and for Japheth came forth the third portion beyond the river Tina, to the north of the outflow of its waters, and it extends northeasterly to the whole region of Gog, and to all the country east thereof. And it extends northerly to the north, and it extends to the mountains of Quelt, towards the north, and towards the Sea of Maok. Now, Maok is the Baltic Sea. Uh, the river Tanis is the Oxus River, or the Don, sorry, the Don River in Russia. The river Tina is the Oxus River. The Taurus Mountains are southern Turkey. The Euphrates flows from the Taurus Mountains. And the Amanus Mountains are the Nur Mountains in south Turkey. Kadits, or Gadir, G-A-D-I-R, is Kadits in Spain. Now, back to the quote from Jubilees with regard to Japheth. And it goes forth to the east of Gadir, which is Kadits, as I said, as far as the region of the waters of the sea, and it extends until it approaches the west of Farah, and it returns towards Afarag. Now, Afarag, F. A-F-E-R-A-G is Africa, and it extends easterly to the waters of the Sea of Mayat. Now, the Mayat Sea is the Arctic and North Atlantic Oceans, and it extends to the region of the River Tina in the northeasterly direction, which is the Oxus River, or the Amu Darya in a northeasterly direction until it approaches the boundary of its waters towards the mountain Rafa. Rafa are the Himalayan and the Pamir mountains, and it turns round towards the north. This is the land which came forth for Japheth and his sons as the portion of his inheritance, which he should possess for himself and his sons for their generations forever. Five great islands... Those five great islands are the Balearic, Sicily, Sardinia, Crete, and Cyprus. And a great land in the north, but it is cold, and the land of Ham is hot. Ham, H-A-M, 
being another son of Noah, and the land of Shem, another son of Noah, S-H-E-M, the three sons of Noah, Japhet, Ham and Shem, is neither hot nor cold, but it is of a blended cold and heat. So this is the origin of Europe per se, and the Mayat Sea is the great sea that encircled the earth. It included the Arctic, North Atlantic and the Indian Oceans. The Mediterranean Sea may have been thought to be a part of it since it is connected to the Atlantic. Gadir is the ancient name of Cadiz, the oldest continually occupied city in Europe. The Celtic mountains would be one or more of the mountain ranges in the lands of the Celts, namely Germany or France, who are the Gomers. G-O-M-E-R-S. So that is pretty much the origin of the Anglo-Saxons who pretty much trace their line, their lineage and posterity from Noah through Seskef, S-E-S-K-E-F, or is their Skanda, or their Saxon Angle linguistic word for Japhet, J-A-P-H-E-T, of course, down to Odin or Odin, all depends on how you pronounce your O, O-D-I-N, as the Danish and Norwegians do. Now, in the context of Denmark and Norway, Sweden, Iceland, uh, and the Anglo-Saxons, uh, you know, who trace their lineage from Noah to Odin, uh, the Scandinavians would refer to Japheth as Skaef, S-C-E-A-F, now, because of Satan's manipulation of mankind through the fallen angels' remake of God's earth and man's cultures, we know that men were worshipped as gods by the pagans. So Odin was the principal ancestor worshipped as a god by the pagan Scandinavians. And, you know, there are different pronunciations among the different groups of uh, the Scandinavians. So you have Woden, W-O-D-E-N, you have Othin, O-T-H-I-N, you have Uthen, U-U-O-T-H-E-N, you have Voden or Voden, V-O-D-E-N, you have Woden, W-O-D-E-N, and you have Uden, U-U-O-D-E-N. Now, back to Beowulf in the context of the Scandinavian cultural tradition. Only one manuscript of the epic poem still exists, and it dates from A.D. 1000. Whether or not Grendel and the other flying monsters in the poem are completely imaginary or based on some now extinct reptiles, the story has its basis in historical fact. Beowulf was born in A.D. 495. He was the son of Ek 
Theo, or E-C-H-T-H-E-O-W, I haven't pronounced the name properly, in the year 502, when he was seven years old, he was brought to his grandfather, Hethel, H-R-E-T-H-E-L, for training. And he was king of the greats, ruled from A.D. 445 to A.D. 503. The Gates, or the G-E-A-T-S, Gates, were a tribe who inhabited an area in southern Sweden. The founder of the Gates was Geat, G-E-A-T, the twelfth generation from Noah, according to the Scandinavian king lists. Now... The Scandinavian king lists G E A T A E A T and J A T and G E T A. There's different uh, spellings, linguistic variations of the name. Now In time, they became absorbed by the other peoples around them. But in AD 510, Beowulf fought in the Battle of Ravenswood. This was one of the many wars between the Geats and other Swedish tribes. Afterwards, when he was 20 years old, he travelled to Denmark and received an audience with uh, Hothgarth or Rothgard, H-R-O-T-H-G-A-R, the King of the Danes. This was the year A.D. 515 and where the poem Beowulf begins. Six years after Beowulf killed Grendel, Beowulf's uncle, King H-Y-G-E-L-A-C, so Hygelac was slain. Hygelac, Hygelac lived from A.D. 475 to A.D. 521. He ascended the throne of the Geats in A.D. 503. King Hygelac is also mentioned in Gregory of Tours, Historiae Francorum. When King Hygelac died, his son Prince Herdred, H-E-A-R-D-R-E-D, took the throne and was tutored by Beowulf until he reached the age of maturity. King Herdred lived from AD 511 to AD 533. Upon his death, Beowulf took the throne and ruled the Geats in peace for over 50 years until his death in AD 583. Beowulf was approximately 88 years old at his death. All of this simply tells us there are numerous historical records we can use to create a consistent history of all the nations back to Noah. And that's from a book called Ancient Post-Flood History, Historical Documents That Point to Biblical Creation by... Mr. Ken Johnson, th. D. For he has a doctor in theology, and the book is available to buy from the book depository. The copyright is two thousand and ten by Ken Johnson. Ancient post flood history. 
Printed in the United States of America, ISBN number 1449927939, EAN number slash or hyphen 13 9781449927936 all rights reserved solely by the author no part of this book may be reproduced in any form without the permission of the author unless otherwise indicated bible quotations are taken from the king james version now i'm taking the liberty to make an audio recording of this book in parts without the consent of Mr. Ken Johnson because Mr. Ken Johnson and I are very much a part of the body of the true bride of Jesus Christ, the true church of Jesus Christ. Now I know I'm not even, I'm a hair on the head of that church. Mr. Johnson may be another part of that body. I'm not sure what Mr. Johnson would be, metaphorically speaking, in the context of the body of the true Church of Jesus Christ being referred to metaphorically as a human and anatomical body. But I know I would be nothing other than a little tiny hair on the head of that church. So please forgive me, Mr. Johnson, and I hope people are interested to know more and that they will go and buy your book. I'm not plugging this book for Mr. Ken Johnson, but I'm simply podcasting it in the context of who people are or who people think they are. And a lot of people don't even realize they have a human spirit or a soul and they don't really care to know who they are or who their forefathers were or who God is and they believe God to be a myth and a legend and they also believe Noah to be a myth and a legend. So making a co-relationship between their surnames and their origin uh, if they are Anglo-Saxon, and where I live in Ireland, there are many Anglo-Saxons from Northumberland and Pembrokeshire. Even the Taoiseach of Ireland, Michal Martin, is from Pembrokeshire, the Martins of Pembrokeshire. He is an Anglo-Saxon. Simon Coveney, the Taunishta, is from Warwickshire. The Coveneys are Anglo-Saxons. Uh, people living in my locale would be from Northumberland and Thornton, Anglo-Saxons. So there are many Anglo-Saxons living in Ireland among the Anglo-Normans and the Irish. And I hope to relay the origin of who the Irish are, the Magogs, and who the Gomers are, the French, which would include the Anglo-Normans, I presume, and the Germans as well, since we're very much a part of the European Union in Ireland, and the European Union is very much dominated by the Germans. And also Kittum, Rome, uh, where the Vatican State is based. Now, I'm not uh, claiming that the Vatican State is an inherent part of Rome, but it very much is in the centre of Kittum, 
Rome and very much was um, a central part of the history of the Roman Empire and uh, so forth and so on. Uh, and we all know who Constantinople was. We all know, sorry, who the Emperor Constantine was. And we know much about the ten persecutions by the ten emperors of Christianity in Rome. Now, I'm not correlating any uh, condemnation or accusation upon or fault-finding or criticism upon the Vatican State. The Church, the Roman Catholic Hierarchical Church is the Roman Catholic Hierarchical Church, just as much as the Protestant Episcopal Church is the Protestant Episcopal Church. And I have nothing to say with regard to the Anglo-Saxons and their relationship to those two churches in the context of culture, society, politic, economic and all the rest that goes on of the world, of the world being very much the fallen angels and Satan and against, against human nature and against the earth and against the great commission of Jesus Christ and the new covenant of Jesus Christ and the royal law of Jesus Christ, which man can only aspire to pure love on the earth. To love yourself is to respect yourself. And consequently, it's very easy to love your neighbor if you're truly respecting yourself, respecting yourself by doing right by God and being true in faith. For we can all pretend to be true in faith and we can all pretend to be doing right by God. And then to worship God with all your heart and all your souls and all your minds and your will and to give thanks to God as I give thanks to God now for my gift of speech. And I give thanks to God for this smartphone. And I give thanks to God for the erudite, scholarly, spiritually guided, I presume, by the Holy Spirit, no doubt, Mr. Ken Johnson from America. And you can all look up the meaning of Johnson because surnames don't just come out of thin air. They're very much reflecting the spirit of the fathers uh, of that lineage of spirit. The surname tells you much as well about the forefathers and the spiritual continuity of the blood and the water of a particular lineage of a particular family. The surname just didn't come out of thin air. So thank you for listening and may God bless you all uh, in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, the Elect One, Jesus Christ, the only name by which you are saved and the only authority upon the earth. For the Father gave the Son the earth to command and the Holy Spirit. And may the angels of heaven watch over you 
And may you overcome the Nephilim, who are everywhere, the dark clouds, the unclean spirits that God left on the earth to afflict and torment and corrupt the sinners, the transgressors, the workers of iniquity, and also us trying to forbear and overcome our sin nature, the curse upon all of mankind. Yet some people are cursed all the more because their forefathers are cursed for doing bad things. And some of us may be eunuchs and have to overcome what is against nature in terms of sexual desires and so forth. So, I wish you all well and I wish you all the insight to be mindful of what you're doing with your hearts and your imaginations and your minds and to question your beliefs and your thinking and to ask Jesus to help you find the faults in your life and to overcome the fallen cultures of the nations and to overcome Mystery Babylon, the mother of all whores and abominations. And may your lives not be like the Nephilim, for the Nephilim, half human, half fallen angel, left by God on the earth, the terrestrial spirits, as a double curse, you might say, upon the sin nature of mankind, an additional whammy. Well, their name in Greek means rotten and disgraced, and they are, for they were not created by God, they are not pure souls. May you not be rotten and disgraceful in your lives. May you not be nothing other than the Nephilim that control and possess you under the authority and claim of the devil in the worship of fallen angels. For this is the way of the genteel nations indeed, to sacrifice their children unto demons in the worship of Satan and fallen angels, pagan heathen masquerading as Christians when in essence there is nothing of God there within them but everything of God in appearance. Second Timothy with regard to these particular kind of men who are no different than the Pharisees of old blocking the gates into the kingdom of heaven for as Jesus says they know they're not getting in there themselves. So you need no man on the earth to intercede on your behalf, for we're all priests if we wish to be interceding with God for our own good selves to begin with, and then perhaps our immediate families or friends. And you need no middleman to lead you astray, for everybody, regardless of how they identify themselves in their assumed false personalities and cultural identities, are nothing simply other than men and women on the earth to begin with. So be simply a man or a woman on the earth, confess yourselves to the Most High God, Ask Jesus to come into your lives to help you to find your faults and overcome your false beliefs and the evil desires of your heart and imagination and your reprobate, stinking, thinking minds and all of the Nephilim, demonic expressions against 
love, against joy and against peace that may consume you, such as lust, material covetousness, and all the things of the flesh, and your hearts of unforgiveness and your retaliant cruelty and hatred and your violence and your murder in your heart towards others, your rebellious self-will and stubbornness and obstinacy and unwillingness to submit yourselves before God, for you think you are little gods on the earth. Ephesians 6.12, the cosmokratoskotos, those dark influences that govern mankind through the ground, terrestrial spirit network, the Nephilim, and the fallen angels in mid-heaven in the wicked high places. And the war is unseen spiritually. Hate not the sinner for the clay pots, the human spirits are rather clueless in their ignorance and darkness, and most of them don't even know that they might as well just be the Nephilim walking on the earth, for they're truly possessed, many are by the Nephilim those half-human, half-fallen angels, who one day the owl demons pretend to be sugar-sweet human, and the next day they're as wicked and as evil as the fallen angels, the 200 angels that came down onto Mount Hermon and cavorted and intercoursed with human women, incarcerated now in the Qumran desert for their licentiousness as lower hierarchical angels, watchers sent to earth by God to guide mankind in the creation of civilization and doing the opposite. And not to mention Satan and the one-third of angels that fell from heaven who since Adam and Eve have pretty much molded the earth into an expression of fallen angelic lies and false beliefs and heathen philosophies, and such is the way of the world, for the world belongs to Satan within his limited authority. Your job as a human spirit is to see that in the light of the absolute light and truth of heaven, and to overcome your sin nature. And good luck with that, for only God can deliver anybody out of Babylon, so call to God for deliverance. No man has the power to deliver you. Only the Father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit have the ability to deliver any human spirit on the earth from Satan and the rest of the Satans and the Sars and the fallen angels. And not to mention the dark clouds, the abominables, the abominations that Mystery Babylon handles and controls, and the whores being the fallen angels and the whoremongering damned nations. The united damned nations, to be frank and blunt about it. For all the nations are controlled by Satan, and everybody seems to be megalomanically preoccupied with laying down the groundwork for the coming Antichrist system in their old world disorder and their old world's abnormal, like 
before the flood. So as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of Jesus Christ. With roughly only about 70 years left before the return of Jesus, it looks like the great apostasy is steaming towards the fire full head, going the whole hog in their ecumenical dance of we are all one, anything goes, all sin is legalized. This is the apostasy, the apostasy before the fire, the apostasy before the return of Jesus Christ, no different than the great apostasy that occurred before the floods, but it was somewhat different then, for the Nephilim were very much physically alive and running amok. The Nephilim, the Nephil, the Eliud, the Nephal, and even the Raphaim that some purport that man created. No wonder Hitler was running around Tibet looking under every rock, trying to find the secrets of how to create the Rephaim. And this is what the geneticists are truly all about in their march to Armageddon. But that's a different story altogether. And that is pretty much the origins of the Anglo-Saxons that live on the earth. Men and women to begin with. So don't be beguiled by any cultural, fended, assumed identity. At the end of the day, there are only but the children of Noah. God bless you all.